and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Give me a run for the money with the beard uh, at the moment. Hello, everybody, and welcome <laughs> back. This is episode number 168, and we just one match to discuss this week. Um, there's been an awful lot of interest in that match for obvious reasons, so there's a lot to talk about in terms of the game, in terms of viewpoints that have come in. Uh, we're going to uh, keep, hopefully keep you entertained and informed in just under the hour mark. That's the aim. So I think without further ado, let's just crack on. As always, we start with our friends... Over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so let's do this then. So there are two trips to tell you about. And first up, on Tuesday the 5th of March, we make the journey, the long journey to Barrow. So the departure time for this one is 11.30am. And this game kicks off at 7.45 in the evening. Adult fares for this one are £36 with concessions costing you £33. And then second up, it is Hartlepool uh, on Saturday night of February and if you don't know by now, this one is all free. Free coach travel to Hartlepool, courtesy of Shirt Sponsors Dream Team. So a massive uh, kudos and well played to Dream Team for sorting this out. And already the supporters club have got three coaches full going. So possibly even a fourth if demand keeps up. You can book either trip for this one by visiting the supporters clubs on any match day, uh, either post or pre-match, or by calling the travel line on 07722 Seven zero. Absolutely. So moving on then to the Leighton Orient Trust, a short one this week, just to let you know that the Trust have secured fundraising places on the Prudential Ride London. If you're looking for a challenge for this summer and fancy riding 100 miles around London in this closed roads event, visit www.leightonorienttrust.org.uk forward slash ride London for more information and how to apply. That sounds very... I never... This is the first time I've read that, actually, because yeah. um, you put that in. Um, I'm actually quite interested in that now. Levy, do it. I've got a bike uh, that's quite light as well. It's not a professional bike or anything. Hmm, okay. Wicked. Maybe I will. Maybe you will. So we'll keep you posted on that, ladies and gents. So moving on in. Anything to see me in like, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> always and always. So moving on in to the week that was. So starting Coulson Monday, the 14th of January. And the draw for the third round of the FA Trophy was made live on Talksport. And we'll be drawn against National League Northside Blythe Spartans at home with the tie to be played on Saturday, the 2nd of February. Now, for those of you that uh, aren't in the know, you might think that this is a completely innocuous uh, draw and that there's no connection, there's no link, but the supporters club in no time at all spotted that there is a link between our two clubs. Um, it's Richard McFadden, uh, the two teams um, uh, are joined by him um, and we are called, uh, they've, they've called it the McFadden Derby uh, with Blythe Blythe Spirit summing things up nicely in this tweet by saying 110 years ago Richard uh, sorry forward Richard McFadden made his Blythe at Blythe underscore Spartans debut a year later he joined Leighton Orient before sadly falling in World War One so thanks to the FA Trophy the two clubs finally get to play each other yeah great tie uh, for the Orient I'm on, I think well I don't think I know we would expect to win them coming to us yeah division below Obviously, we're top in the National League, so yeah. a good tie when you look at to progress. Obviously, the Rich McFadden link adds another element uh, to the match, and there's obviously going to be some kind of something of sort going on before, probably, or after, potentially. I wonder if they'll wear the, sh- the red chevron 
shirt. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter somewhere. I, I think, think there were a few people asking or suggesting it. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. But from a club perspective, good tie. One will look to progress. And then if we get there, then it's the quarterfinals and then just a few steps away from Wembley. Magic steps. Yeah. Magic steps. Yeah. So great draw. Yeah. Like you say, one that we'd expect to win. Um, I had to look up where Blythe are. They're the other side of Newcastle. So you have to go past Newcastle to get to them. So it's really um, the back end of of the country if that game ends in a draw there will be a replay on the following Tuesday which so you don't want potentially another long 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 away trip uh, if that game ends in a draw and Bryce Spartans from what I could see on Twitter uh, after the draw was made doing quite well We're doing very well in their league so it won't be an easy game and obviously they'll be well up for it coming to the home of football Brisbane Road absolutely exactly so then moving on to Tuesday the 15th of January it's to Hue Tuesday in this podcast the under 18s were in action away at Luton Town and despite a valiant effort and taking the lead through a Charles Claydon free kick sadly they lost the game 3-1 so unlucky to the young O's but it's not about uh, winning or anything it's about learning so for them definitely at that age at that point in their their life yeah absolutely yeah and then some bad news was to follow later in the day as the club confirmed that Marvin Big Marv Egbeteta will miss the next few weeks as it was announced that he sustained an upper to high ankle sprain in the FA Trophy win at Wrexham last weekend and obviously it goes without saying that we wish Marvin a very speedy recovery and obviously as we all know he'll be a very big loss uh, for Leighton Orient yes he absolutely will and obviously it means now that George Ellicobi and Danny Happy are going to be first choice um, as Josh Coulson is obviously also out with an injury um, I assume a defender will be signed on loan uh, as cover obviously writing this at the time rather than uh, retrospectively so we know what happens off the back of that what yeah. your views on that? Well, at the time it's a big loss but obviously that's why you have four centre-backs at the club to cover each position um, so no doubt in my mind both Dan and George will be ready to step up. Obviously, we'll come on to how they've done a bit later on uh, in the episode, but big chance for both of them to show what they can do. Obviously, Happy's been waiting for his opportunity. He's looked pretty good this season when he's come in. Elikobi was first choice at the start of the season and lost his place in the second game of the season and it hasn't been able to get a run back in the team due to the form of Marv and Josh. So, a big opportunity for the pair of them. So, obviously, we'll come on and see how they did uh, a bit later on in the pod against Ebsfleet. Absolutely, and to finish the day off, the club confirmed that due to progressing to the third round of the FA Trophy, the away trip to Barrow will now take place on Tuesday the 5th of March and kick-off will be 7.45, so that is a big, long journey uh, for us to make now on a Tuesday night, not ideal by any stretch of the imagination, but the sacrifice is potentially you know, that, that trophy and that trip to Wembley. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the argument some, some supporters have in saying you know, they'd rather risk the FA Trophy as the games build up. Uh, towards the back end of the season and you get a congested fixture list mm. to have a clearer league schedule but on the flip side of that you know if you beat Blythe Spartan you're three games from Wembley a quarter final on a two-legged semi and will we ever have an easier route to play at Wembley so yeah. arguments for both really yeah. but if you're going to Barrow have a safe journey and obviously we mentioned the details of that at the top, the top of the pod I don't reckon more than 50 fans will make that trip maybe 50 to 100 times. Hundred tops, but we've got a lot of fan base, and if people can do it and can afford to do it, then it's a northern-based fans as well. Absolutely fair play, Scottish-based as well. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. that way. Yeah, so Wednesday, the sixteenth of January, and the club wasted no time as at three pm hmm. they announced the second signing of two thousand and nineteen as defender James Turley signed until the end of the season, following his departure from Notts County. Yeah, Justin said he's someone I know really well. 
uh, I, as a manager, have come up against him uh, at a few clubs I've been at and have always been impressed. I've tried to sign him on one or two occasions, but unfortunately missed out uh, on the race for him. He said, for me, he's someone who does well, sorry, someone who does what it says on the tin. He knows his level. He was in the Boreham Wood side that got to the final of the playoffs last year. So for me, I was actually really impressed with his signing uh, and the quality of the signing. As I thought we'd end up signing a defender, but someone probably with not the pedigree um, as James, to, essentially who we all thought was going to come in and sit on the bench. Because um, he's played games this season for Notts County. He's played so. 18 games in League 2 for Notts County and apparently looking at their forum, a few fans were saying that their Notts County fans wanted him to stay. Yeah, but he just couldn't agree deal, and obviously he's played thirty-one games uh, last season. So had two thirds of a full season with Bournemouth, who done very well last season, um, and obviously he scored against us two years ago for Newport County um, when they came to Brisbane Road to beat us one 0 So good pedigree. I would fully expect him to challenge George and Dan for a place in the starting lineup in the absence of Marvin and Josh. Good, good age, twenty-eight. Yeah, and someone makes a tweet later. I think saying he's only got a contract to the end of the season, so he has something to play for. There's yeah. a, there's a carrot being dangled in front of him, which is, which is full-time right. football. So absolutely, really happy with that one. You? He looks like a London-based guy as well. Yeah, I mean, on paper, a good solid signing who can slot in in nicely. The question is, out of Elakobi and Happy, who have both waited patiently for their chance, who do you leave out, or uh, does Jamie go on the bench? Um, and this is, as I say, written at the time that the signing is made. Uh, we don't write them retrospectively, um, but that would be the thing. Does he just walk into the team, or, or, or does do George and, and Danny get get their chance to to really shine? Because they've come in at times in the team and done very well. You know, George at left back against Wrexham, and then moved to left centre back uh, and did very well. Dan Happy as well. Whenever he's come on done very well so I think it would probably be quite harsh if, if those two don't get their chance and, and Jamie just walks in but as we'll see what happens yeah absolutely to that in just a moment but we got a few tweets that came in off the back of that sure did so to start off at Smoko's tweeted us who said a decent addition correct age league and size someone slightly different to what we have with Happy and Alakobi was exactly what was required well played Ling and Justin spot on Again, good yeah. tweet there. Yeah, Bazal73 said, looks a good, solid signing. Perfect for the short term, but also for the long term as well. Yeah, Nick yeah. Almighty, 79. says seems to be a good signing, a clever contract as well, as it will push him to perform from the off if he wants an extension. That was a tweet I was talking about. Yeah. Very good point there from Nick. I, at I Heart Rushmore said, great to see us adding what looks like quality after the recent injuries. I believe George and Happy are great defenders, but we haven't rested on our laurels in adding someone with league quality. Welcome, Jamie, and well done, Martin and Justin. At Orient Meat Pie, so loving the signings we've made so far. Careful, considered, and matched the brief exactly in terms of what we need. Huge credit to the management and the owner. Tim underscore Orient underscore photo said, looks like he would be useful in the UFC octagon. Those big lads at Solihull Moors may have met their match. Yeah, you wouldn't want to meet James Turley in a, in a dark no. corner after a night out. So good signing, say pretty much... The fan base happy with that one. We are as well. So we wish uh, James a long and prosperous career at the O's and hopefully promotion in the summer. Yep, absolutely. Um, and finally, young O's Arthur Janata joined Bishop Stortford on a work experience loan and was immediately put into the team for their Velocity Trophy quarter-final at Mersham with, win uh, with the match finishing 1-0 and Bishop Stortford winning 3-2 on penalties as Arthur Janata saved twice from the spot on an eventful 
debut and also scoring one of their penalties was the other lad that they've got on loan Hector, Hector Kipriano got man in the match as well did he yeah got man in the match in normal time so awesome what a day for Arthur yeah joins yeah. the club on loan plays straight away saves two penalties in a shootout is the hero is the hero yeah amazing yeah but well it just done. shows you what quality we've got waiting in the wings to yeah to feed through yeah well done to those young O's there who progress and obviously we'll keep an eye and see how they get on in the next yeah. round of that cup so Thursday the 17th of January not much to talk about and a quiet day at the club with no news to report. On Monday, uh, sorry, Mooney Friday, then the 18th of January, another quiet day as everyone was getting excited for the upcoming trip and the short trip to Ebbsfleet. Yeah, so let's do it on Saturday, the 19th of January. In the morning, the youth team were in action at home to Peterborough United and the visitors took a 3-0 lead into half-time <coughs> before making it four. Shortly after the restart, Orient flirted with the idea of a comeback with two late goals from Anthony Papadopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> you practised that as well. We did. Try Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Well done, Anne Papadopoulos and Tom Mulqueen. So unlucky there to the young O's. The irony is that we spoke about Papadopoulos said- before the, we started recording and we had it nailed. And no- <laughs> Live pod, no edits. No edits. Levy is on the verge of losing it. Love here. it. Absolutely brilliant. So unlucky to you guys and Anthony. I'm sorry for Steve's mispronunciation. He does struggle. Uh, with more than four letters. So <laughs> thanks again to Tom Walker for the information on the youth. Tom is the or uh, the football club's uh, youth team reporter. So we're going to move now on to the main event, which was National League action, as we made the short trip from Stratford International uh, to Ebbsfleet International and a few-minute walk up the road. We did run a Twitter poll before the game to find out um, how you thought the O's would get on. Uh, and after 279 votes in 24 hours, uh, the votes lined up as follows. 54% thought an Orient win, 30% thought a draw, and just 16% of that 279 thought an Orient loss. You pessimists. Yeah, absolutely. So let's waste no further time and find out how the O's got on. But as always, a thank you for all our votes on Twitter. So the team was announced at 2pm with Dean Brill in goal, back forth, Sam Ling. Dan Happy, George Elkobe and Joe Willowson. Midfield made up of our sponsored men, the JMD, uh, Lawless, Lee and Brophy. And up top, Josh Caroma and McCauley Bon. And the subs were announced on the bench of Sam Sargent, Jamie Turley, uh, Craig Clay, Matt Harold, and James Allaby. So Alex Lawless and the JMD make the start in 11. Craig Clay returns to the bench as Dale Gorman drops out of the squad completely whilst new signing Jamie Turley is also on the bench as Joe B. McEnough missed out with a toe injury and Miles Judd serves his one-game suspension. So for me, first time I saw that, I thought, you know, where's Joe B? Be a big miss. Turns out he's got his toe injury. Um, so obviously we always miss Joe B and we always probably will. Uh, big news to bring back Clay, although albeit only on the bench. Uh, so obviously not really ready for 90 minutes. So has he been rushed back? Has Gorman been that bad? Where... Justin thinks I don't. I'd rather have a seventy percent Craig than a hundred percent Dale. Yeah, I was going to um, ask you about what you thought about Dale Gorman dropping off the list completely. He's not been very good in the last couple of games. I think we've mentioned it on the pod. Surprised, like I said, to see him completely out. If Clay isn't ready to start a game, and if Craig is a hundred percent fit to start, then why doesn't he start? Would be my, would be my yeah, question. You, you edge him back in, don't you? You give him twenty minutes, half an hour here, and then he'll go and do a reserve game, possibly midweek maybe, and get an hour out of that, and then build it up. You don't just come back from injury and play a full ninety minutes ever. I think in a big game, I think maybe you're doing this one. They're all big games. Now, I'd rather him. So there's I, no easy game. I would rather him start against the team, best form team in the league yesterday, than him start against a team who are in twenty third 
on Saturday. I know which game to me is the harder game to bring someone back into. Yeah, but the problem is if you rush him back and he breaks down again, you've lost him for more than... Then, then what's the point of having him on the bench? Would be my argument. Why not just give him a reserve game on the Tuesday? Mm. If you've got someone who's 100% ready to step in. Mm. But, you know, Maybe Justin... It's because he hasn't been that good, Dale, that he thinks yeah, that's what absolutely. you say, 70%. Yeah. Um, Craig, Craig Clay for 20-25 than... minutes half an hour whatever is better than a yeah. Dale Gorman for 90 yeah I mean I think Justin speaks about Clay uh, in his post-match that we've not heard yet so yeah. we'll see what he says about that but you can really see injuries now starting to take their toll yeah. on the squad you've got Lost Josh five. missing Marvin Joby who could argue that that is the spine of the team you yeah. two centre-backs a centre-mid and your left winger who's your captain and who's your productive player throw into that James Dayton who's been out now for what, a month and a half two months and that's five first-teamers ultimately missing so nearly half the team. Tough. Nearly half the team. But, tough you. Uh, it was the team I expected, to be honest. I think Ella Kobe and Happy deserve to be first-choice pairing. I think um, in his desperation to play soon after he got injured, I think Joby hasn't really done his toe uh, or himself any favours by playing in that game. You mentioned um, that, I think, last week that you thought that... I think we were told he couldn't walk on a Friday and then ends up playing on a, on a Tuesday, a full 90 minutes, after his, when he first got injured, so... Maybe he has just kind of aggravated the toe or he wasn't ready to Yeah, he wasn't back. ready. You don't. You don't just get a slight fracture of your toe and just carry on playing with injections. At, you know, at whatever age you are, you should be, um, unless you're really down to bare bones as a club, then you know that's a call for you. But your own well-being is, is, is more important and he's yeah. probably put himself back a week. Um, he was hobbling away po- after post-match that game. Um, that he soon Dagenham. after done it. Yeah, Dagenham. So... Um, you know the team is good enough to win on paper, though. Uh, for me, um, I, I think most of our players would, would pretty much get into most other league teams as well. Yeah, I mean, so you, you'd argue that the desire and determination—we're top of the league. People are chasing us. We've got the advantage. We should be the ones that are pushing forwards. But we'll see what happens. Well, we all know what the score was, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that sort of all really panned out. Yeah. So we had a few tweets before kickoff. Uh, one that quite arrived from I Heart to Rushmore said we miss Joby but delighted to have Clay back in the squad and this team is more than enough to win if we play our game and don't get drawn into another scrap like the home game feel that they may target Karoma early on so thanks for all the tweets before the game absolutely so the match kicked off on a cold afternoon with no programmes available strangely uh, and the O's looking to extend their lead at the top of the National League against a current informed top of the table side Ebbsfleet so uh, their team consisted of ex-Orient Loney Ebu Adams ex-Orient player Jack Payne and their assistant manager is one Ian Hendon uh, so they were looking to continue their recent good form and in the 6th minute Graham plays a 1-2 with Kebwell and forced Dean Brill to push a shot around the base of the post good save there from Brill warming yeah. his hands up early there yeah but you know we get him with Dean good keeper early intent early danger from them as well yeah absolutely Start, starting brightly and us not starting brightly six minutes in I mean they're out they're registering a first really good shot yeah, we've good. seen the highlights so yeah. <clears throat> you know it, it's just we're not starting sharply enough yeah ten minutes over let off as he owes uh, his cheek basically misses an open goal as a good through ball got played into his path from Adams uh, he rounded Dean Brill Basically done the hard part. Was slightly off balance uh, on the stretch, <coughs> but couldn't hit the target. Bit of a lot off there. Yeah, massively. I mean, that's two good chances in ten minutes for them. Um, and as I just said, like they've started much sharper than us. We've got to start sharper. Yeah. We're not starting sharply enough. There, there seems to be some sort of lacking. I don't know what it is or why, um, but we just don't seem to really ever come out the starting block gunning for 
you know, go, going for blood. You know, we, we're never paying for it. We're never going after it and, you know, doing what other teams are doing to us, which is being sharper, moving. Um, it just seems to be a bit lacklustre. And at now, we're 10 minutes into a 90-minute game. They've got the advantage of having that goal. They could just sit and muck around with it for the next 80-odd minutes. If they score, that is, I think, Kimmy. Sorry, yes. If they, yeah. So if, if they'd take, if one of those chances had gone in, yeah, backs against the wall for what eighty minutes, or maybe they go and get a second. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I mean that ball from Adams was a great ball. It completely does George. If you watch it back, George feels he's got it covered, and then the zip on it takes it past George, who actually tries to tug his man there. And if he does, he's getting a red all day long. But but cheek is too fast for him, so and let off. But yeah, yeah. I agree with what you're saying about the starts. But it'd be good to see you know. Orientate the lead early in one of these games. I don't think we've done that in quite a while, taking yeah. an early lead. Although yeah. I could be wrong. So, 14th minute, Ashmore in the Ems Fleet goal picks up a back pass and he knows getting an indirect free kick in the box. So, JMD passes the ball into Bond, who goes for power blast. It's a decent effort, but it hits Ashmore and then gets cleared out. Never to usually get to see them, never usually get them given uh, back passes. Yeah, I mean, especially I, at this level. I haven't actually seen the back pass, but it must have been a pretty blatant one if it's being given. Yeah, you would have thought. And in like the, in those situations, I mean, when you're in the inside in the inside the 18 yard box, there really is a put your laces well, through. What can you do? Yeah. It's going to hit the wall that's like blocking the goal. It's not really that much of an advantage. She needs to wait for a defender's head and hope he gets out of the way. Yeah, hope he ducks it. Absolutely. Uh, 21 minutes on the clock then, and George Elikobi and Adams have a clash of heads, uh, having both gone up for the ball, but they're both okay. To carry on. Yeah, 22nd minute, Epsleet take the lead as a corner comes uh, into the box and despite chances to clear it, falls to Epsleet centre-back King who shoots into the top corner past Dean Brill and it's 1-0 to the home side. So seeing this goal, so poor. I think Justin and Ross and Danny would be really disappointed with this goal. Very poor defending. Again, very uncharacteristic uh, from Orient. We're normally quite organised from set pieces. There's not many times we can sit down and say we've conceded many from a set piece. And I think we've had two or three chances to properly clear the ball. Not been able to do it. It's pinged around. Full to their centre-back King. He makes no mistake. No chance for Brill. And again, 22 minutes gone now. And up against the Kosh. Uh, an informed team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had a tweet that uh, we've picked out from uh, uh, Steve Turvet, uh, who uh, writes for the Kent Messenger, um, who said in the 24th minute, Ebbs Fleet won Orient nil. Fleet deserve that. They've been the better side so far, and Orient looks shaky every time the ball's put into their box. Graham is a big threat. That's their man, Graham, is a big threat down the left, not our mate Graham. Yeah, absolutely, no, our mate Graham. Although he's getting better at football, apparently, if you believe uh, everything he says. So well done <laughs> to Lieber. So, 31st minute. <laughs> So although we're not played too well so far, a massive chance to equalise as Charlie Lee gets the ball into Jordan Maguire. Drew gets into a great position, close from goal. Brilliant angle to pull it in at the far post, but unfortunately drags his shot across the face of goal after getting on the wrong side of the defender. And for me, JMD should have scored. We should be celebrating and talk about his first league goal yeah, uh, for Oregon. If anything, the chance was too good. We had a bit too much of a good angle to pull it out. He just got it wrong. And it's gone wide, and no one would be more disappointed than Jordan himself. Really. Yeah, I think when he when he looks at that one back. But if that goes in, we're talking about a very very different game. Yeah, as, I mean, as some of the chances obviously we'll come on to talk about. You, you you're talking about fractions of inches really on on the angle. I mean, if we'd have been better at the other end and not flapped about watching them score that goal in the twenty second minute, come the thirty first minute, maybe Jordan's a bit more confident. Maybe there's a bit less pressure on him to to, to actually bury that, and yeah. we take the lead. Um, I, I don't know uh, fractions of inches really here, but you, you'd argue a player of his caliber would 
would hit the target at least or make the keeper make the save, whatever. But, you know, I think he'll be disappointed with yeah, that. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, give him his juice, good run, great run. Did well. the ball, good position. So encouraging, but just to finish uh, that was lacking in the 35th minute. So we've not seen this one back yet. Uh, a big save from Ashmore is James Brophy cuts the ball back to McCauley Bond, who looks to have scored, but somehow Ashmore makes the save. I think I've actually seen this on a vlog from an Ebbsfleet uh, supporter, and I think it did look like a very good save. Yeah. But without seeing it back, I can't really talk too much about judging it. Judging by some of the footage, a lot of the footage I've seen, and judging by a lot of the comments, Nathan Ashmore like, had the game of his life. <laughs> yeah, he did. Typical. But we've got to overcome things like that. Um, Steve Turvet again said in the 39th minute, Orient dominating possession, but Fleet holding their shape well uh, and nicking the ball when required. Game is currently on a knife edge. Yeah, and three minutes of added time were played uh, in the first half as the half ends with the O's a goal down to the informed team in the league and all to play for yep. in the second half. Yeah, so half-time score 1-0 to Ebbsfleet. The attendance was 3,020, the biggest attendance at an Ebbsfleet game uh, for 17 years. Yeah, I think the club tweeted uh, earlier this afternoon that we had 46% of the attendance, which tells you all you need to know about Jesus. the support. So again, another fantastic away following. So what's and that, 1,400, 1,400? Uh, 1,400. Looking at the pictures uh, that Dave Victor was putting online of fellow Orient supporters, it looked like we'd filled their ground for them, essentially. So... Amazing support just goes to show, you know, the heartbeat of the club is alive yeah. and kicking. So the second half kicks off with no subs for the O's. Yes, nothing of note in the first 10 minutes of this half. And in the 56th minute, Josh Caroma sees his powerful shot tipped over the bar again by the inform uh, Ashmore. So we're now at the 56th minute and we're now talking about one of our two strikers. Yeah. I mean, just just paused on that on purpose for a second there. Think about that. 56 minutes into a game, and it's the first time we're mentioning one what of Josh? our strikers. Yeah. So there's no service to the strikers at all. There's nothing really that we've put in their box that's really, but are in JMD's thing, and the save, that's two things that we've made their keeper work for. It's not enough in 56 minutes. It's not enough. if you, you've, got, you've got to go down. You've got to be peppering their box. You've got to be smashing their box. Whichever way that works, playing it cleverly down the wings and cutting in and crossing in, going long ball, mixing it up whatever, through the middle, whatever it takes. But there just doesn't seem to be, and, and I couldn't be there uh, yesterday, sadly. I had intended to go, but there just doesn't seem to be this thing that where we respond you watch a Man U, Man U side at the moment, like with Solskjaer in charge, and they're peppering, they're at it from the start. They're going at it. And when they get one goal, they're going for another goal. It's relentless. Man City is the same. It's that mentality. It just doesn't seem to be, it just doesn't seem to be the side that we were Early for on. the first 20 games of the season. Yeah, okay. 18 games of the season. It's just different. It just seems very different at the moment. I mean, Steve Turvet goes on to add in the 57th minute, a JMD cross is headed back by Woodhouse but somehow Ashmore keeps Happy Cedar out on the line and then we're on to say he's having a blinder. So that's two chances in the opening, what, 12 minutes? So yep. I don't think you can ask for more than that in the second half unless yep. you're asking for a third and a goal. But, you know, their keepers, their keepers made saves on both. It's not like we're blasting <laughs> it over or hitting it wide. Their keeper, again, is, seems good. to be having a, good. a superb game. Yeah, and then in the 61st minute, Dan Happy gets his head to another long throw, but Ashmore saved again. 62nd minute in, and Ebbsfleet made it 2-0, as Bush has an effort from about 30 yards from a free kick, takes it really well, curls it well past Take Amy Bell, beats the wall, beats Dean, who had no chance, and it's 2-0 to Ebbsfleet. Sometimes, you've got to say, good hit, mate, take a bow, Take like a bow. Said. 
no keepers saving that. We've seen Joby hit a few this season, and no yeah. matter who that keeper is, they ain't getting there. And you yeah. just say, good effort, well done, move on. 100%. And, but we shouldn't be in that position. That should be, if anything, on a worst-case scenario, that should be their equalising goal. Or a goal that might get them back into a game because we've put two chances away. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, 2-0. Uh, <coughs> when you see that come through, you're thinking, we're not going to... No, we're it's not, not our day today. Out of this one. No, absolutely not. Based on what had already gone on. So, 67 minutes on the clock. Then it's a triple sub for the for the Ozers. Matt Harold, Jamie Turley and Craig Clay came on to replace Jordan Maguire, Drew, George Kobe and Charlie Lee. Uh, Dave Victor mentioned at that point that uh, George Kobe refused to shake... Justin's hand and you know read into that what you will is that George frustrated with himself that he's not had a good game is he frustrated that he's been replaced by the guy that's just signed for the club is he upset that he's been replaced I mean don't want to draw too much attention to this unnecessarily but you know maybe there's a problem see what happens see what happens see if Justin mentions it in his post-match again not heard it yet we've got it waiting I don't think he does. Dave tweeted quite a bit off the back of that. I don't think there is a mention. But there could be, but and he just didn't mention it. See what happens in the 68th minute. The triple sub almost pays off straight away as the ball is headed off the line following a James Brophy corner. So, I mean... Now we're starting to ramp the pressure up. We're 2-0 down. We've had two chances in the like 12 minutes of the second half and there's another one there. You, know, it, you can just tell at this point it's just not going to oh, be yeah, your day. Absolutely. And I was listening to, to Dave and Matt um, covering it on, on Ozone and you could just tell that it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, 72 minutes on the clock, then a chance for three as Cheek gets to the byline, finds Kedwell, who shot over. And talking of shooting over, Macaulay Bond, first time we mentioned in Bond, 72 minutes on, uh, 74 minutes on the clock. He did exactly that. He shot over in the 74th minute from inside the box and you get the feeling it's not going to be your day. And Dave and Matt were saying that, you know, we should have done better there in school. Oh, really? I'm not seeing that one back. I think. I think, that, I think it back. was that, that one. He'd be okay. disappointed, I think, that he missed that. Okay. 77 minutes gone. Almost a debut goal for Jamie Turley. His header has to keep a beaten from close range, but it hits the post and goes to safety. And again, if we didn't think it already, definitely not going to be our day this one. Yeah. 80th minute then, Craig Clay crossed the ball uh, in Macaulay Bond gets his head to it but went wide. Yeah, two minutes left in the 88th minute, Josh Karoma takes a free kick from distance, hits it well actually, decent effort, Ashmore does very well to hold it, Yeah, standard save does well to hold it with the pace on the ball and again just playing the clock out now aren't we, waiting yeah. for it to finish. Five additional minutes are played in, and in the 95th minute to sum up the day, uh, Josh Karoma looked to have pulled a goal back as he lifted the ball over Ashmore but Wilson was there to clear the ball off the line for Ebb's fleet. Yeah, typical. Nice yeah. little thing there from Josh. Yeah. Uh, but their man read it, clears it off the line. You could argue Josh might have been better off just smashing it past the keeper, but beats the keeper off the line. And the full-time whistle follows shortly after as Ebb's fleet continue their good run with a 2-0 win as the O's lose their fourth game in seven. So like we said, me and Paul couldn't be there yesterday, but Dave Victor wasn't spoke to Justin after the match. And here's what Justin Edinburgh had to say post Ebb's fleet. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. We always knew that it was going to be a tough one. We did. Um, and, you know, absolutely didn't, didn't disappoint us. Um, they, were, they were a strong side and a real good form. Um, but, you know, at times today, we, 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 didn't, we didn't compete well enough. Um, and, and, you know, credit to, to Ebsleep for, for getting the three points. I know you'll be disappointed with the way in which the first goal was conceded. Yeah, I think that really summed up our start to the game, really. Um, you know, we, we, we were on the back foot. Everything we spoke about, we didn't, we didn't go and produce. 
Uh, we was hesitant. We played off the back foot, and and I think the inevitable happened when, you know, you wait for something to happen. It more like, more likely goes against you, and that's what it did. It was a strong end to the uh, first half, and yeah. a strong start to the second before that uh, free kick. It was, um, you know, we had a good chance. The kick made a good save from McCauley. Um, you know, we had the free kick. We made another good save. We had some balls in areas and then second half I thought we looked like you know we were going to come back into the game um, but obviously the, the free kick rocked us and um, you know made it very difficult the players went to the end had one or two half chances balls flashed across the box keeps made a good save from Dan Happy one from Josh Caroma um, you know I think Jamie Turley's hit the post with a header we you know we went at it but you know we, we weren't good in both boxes today you know with the goals we give away it was certainly the first one. You know, the second one, he's, a, he's a dispatched it very well with a good free kick. Unusual to see a triple substitution. Yeah, we need to get back in it. We needed the balance in the back four. Um, you know, I think Dan is a very good ball player. Jamie gave us the balance on the right rather having two lefts. That allowed us to bring the ball out a little bit further into to the midfield areas. You know, um, we need to get back in the game, Dave. That's what we've got the players there for. And we, and we look to try and change it. I thought Matt come on and cause problems. So... Yeah, we had a, we had a reaction from the subs, but not quite not quite enough to get us back in the game. Some big players missing at the moment. What is the news? Let's start with Joby McEnough, the skipper. We believe that we we're in a position that Joby will come back into training this week, um, and if all being well, then it'll be available for Saturday. It's good to see Craig Clay, you know, get a good half hour, so that brings him back into the situation. Um, Marvin, I think. You know, could be back in three to four weeks. You know, we know Coles is going to be back and Dates will all be back for the end of the season. But we can't... Listen, they're, they're big losses. They're all big players and they're good players. You know, to lose your, your mainstay of your, your two central defenders in two games, you know, is, is difficult. But we've got to overcome it. And how difficult is it to settle the newcomers? I think it'd be fine. I think they're experienced enough. Um, so Jamie knows the level. He knows this level in and out. You know, he's had success in it. Um, I think Jordan would be more difficult because we're not controlling the games like we did in the early part of the season. So to get him on the ball, we've got to be better. But, um, yeah, he'll come good. I think, listen, we're, we're having uh, a little bit of a lull. Uh, our form is not where we want it to be. Uh, we always knew there'd be a certain period in the season that that came. I think it's come with the disruption of the injuries, which is... You know, probably asked us to make four changes to our regular starting lineup, but you know, like I said in there, that's that's got to come from within to make sure we overcome that. Um, and, I, and I've said to the players, the first time probably, Dave, that there'd be questions asked of us since we've been together as a group, and we've got to find the answers. And I know that we're we're capable of doing that. But you're still top. I know. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? So, you know, the, I, I suppose the flip side of that is the disappointment of of not gaining points in the games where where sometimes the rivals are slipping up but you know it's it wasn't to be today we're still top and, and what we've got to do is, is get our focus back find rediscover the form and no better to do that at home next week against Maester Joint top we knew about Solihull but uh, uh, Salford but what about <laughs> Solihull remarkable and, and, and good you know I think we we knew it's going to be a competitive league but I think it's showing all signs of that of They've quite a remarkable competitive uh, season and it's going to go right to the end, I'm sure. Kent and Nigel are back in the country, aren't they, next week? Yeah. Does that mean that could be <laughs> more signings? 
Well, we'll have to wait and see. You know, obviously, we've, we've had to bring in Jamie because of the, the, it's an enforced one for us. So we'll have to look how that's affected things and how we move forward. Finally, there was another big crowd, a cold yeah. afternoon on that, that open terrace. Yeah, no, it followed us in great numbers again today. And, you know, unfortunately for, for, for you know, one of the rare occasions we haven't sent them home, buoyed or happy. Um, but like I say, we, we, we stick together and we go again next week. Good luck. Thanks, Cheers, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. So that was Justin talking to Dave uh, Victor there. So thanks, Dave, uh, for sending that to us. He says, he's quite honest, Justin, when, yeah. when you listen to what he says. We weren't good enough in both boxes. The injuries are, have hit us. We're in a bit of a lull uh, at the moment. Uh, it's hard to obviously disagree with what he's saying. He sounded a little bit more downbeat than, than he did. He, he's usually quite, like he said before, he's an, a positive person and he can't help but be positive. But he sounds a little bit like he's upset. I think he yeah, knows he's got, he's got a job on now to get those boys back into gear. Maybe a bit of pressure on him because for the first time in a while, or under his leadership, lost four out of the last seven, which is unlike the form that we've seen since he's been in. But, you know, like I said, still top. Go again against Maidstone. If we win next Saturday, we'll still be top. So that's all you can do. The one thing I did pick up on, is when he was asked about Joby, he didn't seem certain. He kind of said, oh, we believe he'll be ready to train this week. Also on that one, I think obviously we need Joby back sooner rather than later. We know how pivotal he is. But saying that, at the same time, you've got James Brophy, who's one of the best left-wingers in the National League, filling in for him. So Yeah, but he's got a performer, hasn't he? He's got to Absolutely. be the one crossing. He's got to be the one that we're reading out. Right in the reports, we're, we've got to be reading out more of these impact players that we've got. You know, and we're not reading out enough of you know Brophy crossed this or Brophy did that nothing, or nothing from this Bro- one did nothing that. From Brophy's JMD. In that ra- nothing from Brophy in that roundup. At least yeah. we talk about JMD missing a chance. We didn't mention Brophy once. Yeah. In there, well, not that I can recall anyway, which probably tells you we need to know about Brophy's involvement yesterday, which is a bit harsh. But again, you could say the same for Charlie Lee. We didn't mention Charlie Lee at all. We didn't mention Alex Lawless at all. Although a few people mentioned Alex Lawless, I think coming up after saying he didn't have the best game, mm-hmm. but we've not mentioned most of those players which is probably the most disappointing aspect because they're capable of more and obviously we'll come on to those tweets and your views very shortly mm. so the league table then so despite the defeat to Ebbsfleet like we've already said we are still top of the table on goal difference so we've now played 30 won 16 drawn 9 lost 5 on 57 points and a goal difference of plus 27 so just ahead of second place Solihull who got a last minute winner away at Maidenhead mm. as they also go up to 57 points. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? Nah, While Salford drew, um, so they slipped to third place as they drew one at home to Gateshead. So they have 56 points. So it's getting pretty crowded uh, at the top of that table. The club tweeted after the match that we have now been top of the league for 63 days. Uh, so if you can make that 64 days, because that's today, yeah. and it'll be 70 on Saturday. So hopefully it'll be more than 70. But... Good stat there. Good to be top of the table. Yeah, and you know what? It is a marathon, not a sprint. So it's all well and good being top now. It matters at the end of the season who's top. Yeah, let's. You know, so if, if there's going to be one positive out of having this lull, let it be that it's now, and then we come back stronger towards the end of the season. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Know, so. I'd rather have a lull now than in, in um, the end of March, early April, and have that four out of seven. Coming into the playoffs, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Or no, going into the end of the season when we're top and we go up automatically. We hope so. Don't want playoffs. But anyway. We hope so. Um, so, yeah, not our day. Um, seemed like we sort of did really everything but score. Um, and it looks like we've hit a bit of a wall, having only won three out of our... Um, three of our league, um, one of our three league games this month. But as you said earlier, Steve, four in seven. We've only scored once in 270 minutes, but we've conceded five. With teams on our tower now picking up results, it's uh, starting to add even more pressure that we just don't need on us. And on paper, there's no reason why the starting eleven cannot win. Now, having listened to a fair bit of Dave and Matt on Ozone, it sounded like we were not at it at all. We weren't sharp enough. We weren't winning enough second balls. We weren't closing them down quick enough. And the levels we played at in the first half of the season seem to have evaporated just when we need them most. How badly are we missing free uh, players like Coulson, Ekpeteta uh, and McEnough? It's clear that we need one or two quality additions at the squad in the squad now and it's down to Justin, Martin, Kent and Nigel to do the deals that help to ensure we end up top come the end of the season. It's very easy to get carried away with the negatives but we are still top of the league. Lots of games to play and points to be earned and remember... We are not bound by football leagues transfer windows, so we can sign players at any point. So, if there's someone suitable, um, I'm sure there's the budget for them. I think we'll come on to it from a few tweets, but you mentioned one or two quality additions. Where where are you looking? Well, we're not really punchy enough in the centre. I don't think at the moment. A centre of midfield. Okay. Um, so I think you probably look to to have someone that can drive us forward. Charlie's you know, had an off day yesterday, maybe. Uh, Craig, this is before sort of Craig Clay uh, was was going to sort of really come back. Um, if Craig's back, then then maybe that that'll be fine. But I think probably another striker, probably someone that's a bit different to what we've already got at the moment. Um, the fact that Harold came on and Alibi didn't uh, probably tells you all you yeah, need to, to to know about that. So um, you know, someone that does create goals, maybe someone that can make their own. But again, who who is that person? I don't know. Do they exist? I don't don't know would we be able to afford them if they did I don't know yeah. Um, so yeah probably just someone that's just a little bit more attack minded that can get us up the pitch that little bit more um, you know Macaron Macaron's his socks off all the time um, Josh Caroma is a creative type he can sort of make something for himself so yeah probably one or two in that in that mould really I mean you've got Sam Ling at right back and Joe at left back so that's all covered I think the centre back's and Dean Brill, that's all covered. So it's really about getting us higher up the pitch and keeping us up there <clears throat> and keeping them penned in their half. So it's those sorts of players. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm sure many feel the same way. For me, potential banana skin and the match proved to be one. I thought Justin got the starting 11 spot on, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like a, yeah, absolutely. But it sounds yeah. like another slow start and lots of fuses. Disappointingly, suggesting that Ebsfield looked like they wanted it more and were more up for it and had more determination, which surprised me. It's not often we can say that about yeah. Justin Edinburgh's team. Lots of criticism comes in for George, so it'd be interesting to see what happens next Saturday. Whether George retains his starting place, whether Turley goes in, or does Turley go right back potentially if Sam decides that he might want to get dropped because Turley can play right back. There's all these different options now opening up for Justin. Uh, well, that sounds like we didn't play well. You know, we've created lots of chances. Their keeps got man in a match. We've had two cleared off the line. He's made about four blinding saves. JMD's Mr. Sitter. So we're not sitting here going, oh, we haven't done anything. It's not like mm. Chelsea yesterday where they didn't have a shot on target until the 82nd minute. 
Do you know what I mean? Like we've had shots on target. Yeah, it's a fair comment. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, their second goal kills the game and a good hit, and I think we can do about that one. Bit of pressure now building up on the team, and four losses in the last seven tells you the injuries starting to definitely play their part. Yeah. But you know we're still top of the league, which is all we can ask for of the team at the moment. And just we trust and we go on to next week. But to put things into perspective, this time two years ago on this very podcast we were talking about a bizarre statement from the previous ownership this time exactly two years ago and we didn't even know whether there'd be a late night to talk about and two years later we're fussing and faffing because we've lost 2-0 away at Ebsfleet and we're top of the league and moaning about nobody coming in so if you take the positive from that in two years what are we moaning about? So we will see Yeah, there's always something to moan about Absolutely so not a tweet to us but I thought this was a good tweet so we've used a few of these but Steve Turvet uh, tweeted at the end of the game saying the best Ebbsfleet performance of the season they outperformed the leaders all over the pitch and outworked them too that's a word that I find hard to take in outworked outworked. I don't mind being outperformed sometimes <laughs> it doesn't design. work out for you yeah. but when you get outworked there's not much you can take away from that brilliant atmosphere and the Ebbsfleet players deserved it fair point then so uh, we got as you can probably imagine a huge amount of feedback after this match so thanks to everybody who sent their views to our social media accounts and again we do try and read out as many as we possibly can but just because we read them it doesn't mean that we agree with them yeah so to start off with two emails that came into Orient Outlook at Outlook.com and the first was from Glenn Biven who says how we are still top is beyond me at the end of the season after thousands of decisions have been made during games and during the season it's going to come down to one bad decision the deadline given to Adam so Glenn bringing up Ebu Adams, haven't heard that in a while, but you know we're talking here about we need someone to drive us up the pitch. Yeah, does it come back to butt us in the bum? But you know that could be. We, we've spoken though, Glenn. about Ebu lots of times, and I don't really want to speak about him anymore. What happened happened, and it's done. Yeah, I it's probably not one. footballing reasons that he went there. But um, Nigel Conway uh, sent us an email and said yesterday was woeful in the freezing cold. Ling has said we'll only bring in someone who is better than what we've got, and hope he was watching yesterday. How much longer? Are we going to have to put up with without sorry put up without someone in the engine room in midfield? We're just so weak. Let's not mess up a great opportunity to get out of this rubbish league. Yeah. Up the O's. So those are two emails that came in. The rest of the tweets all came in to us at Orient Outlook. Uh, Sign up with at Veggie Jones. It says it's worth reflecting that if these defeats had been more spread out over the season, most people would be very happy with fifty-seven points after thirty games. And great, being top. Great tweet. Great tweet. If we had lost like the 8th game, 12th game, 17th game, 22nd game, 27th game, and we'd won yesterday, but had the same amount of points, we would not even be questioned. So, a great tweet there. Well done. But, you know, did that start of the season kind of take our hopes and go, right, we're going to walk this league this season, we're not going to lose any game. Yeah. And every time we do, we see this massive furor but on it's social media. It's, the losses are in a cluster yeah, of, course of games. Of course it is. Um, it adds the intensity to it, and then it adds to the fact that, oh, you're in a dip. It's not just like you run lucky and in those five games it's all in a compact space of time and actually like you're having a bit of a lull but it's all relative because we've lost five key players yeah. El Coado tweeted us and he said uh, the last six weeks have been pretty tough going our form is worrying and really needs sorting final third of the season could be a real schlep otherwise yeah it could be Gary Hammond Perk says we don't have a divine right to win games we need to dig in but it seems other teams have more desire than us at the moment so again alluding to what Steve Servet tweet said hopefully a small blip 
it will pass. Maybe these teams are just turning up and um, it's like the big clubs come to town and I'm going to try even harder. I think what you've got to think of as well is that Joby's your captain, very influential on the pitch. Uh, Josh Coulson, again, very influential on the pitch. So you've lost two big characters. The only big character uh, who's still on that pitch is Charlie Lee. And when you take Charlie Lee off, as we did yesterday, you say, well, and George, for, to a certain extent, when he comes off yesterday, when they do that triple sub, you just, who's leading on the pitch? Because all your big characters, there's no one on that pitch after 67 minutes who you look at and go, who's leading mm. the team and who is driving that team yeah. on the pitch? So, yeah, good, good point. point. That's a really good point, actually. Matty LOFC Evans said, bad results breed. Enough said. Next week's game is pivotal. We have always bounced back. If we don't, I fear a slump. We desperately need some new players. Several players being carried for the first time this season. I'm worried. So we had a tweet last week about Wrexham saying, oh, what a bad one. And bad results breed bad results. Very similar from Matty. And and they've signed four players. And they lost again yesterday. And they've lost. And so magic, it doesn't, yeah. it, there's no magic wand to fix that. You don't just go out and bring in a whole bunch of players and suddenly this this lull or this dip, whatever you want to call it, doesn't just go. Yeah, absolutely. And magic underscore John says, our performances since before Christmas have been poor, to say the least. It's simply not been good enough. People have got to stop saying we'd have taken us at the start of the year, as we just said. Yes, we would. Mm. But we're here now and we need to stay. Sunshine LOFC said a change of centre-half pairing, the fleet keeper having a blinder, being wasteful in front of goal and an inability to do the rough and ugly stuff cost LOFC today. Ella Kobe looks finished. Yeah, I think a few tweets alluded to the same thing. It's Spenno 11 says, deserve what we got. Absolutely nothing. Out fault for everything. Even when we made chances, we didn't take them. The team looked tired and a shadow of earlier this season. Christmas run has taken its toll. But yeah. you'd argue that we didn't have a game last... We, well, we had one game last week. We rested most of the first team as for that game. So you could argue that Bon, Josh, a few other players have, have had a two-week break between competitive games. So I get being tired, but that's two weeks for a professional footballer. You should be able to recover and get yourself back into it, no? Yeah, you'd think so. You think so? Vince Howard, seventy-three, said expected the result. I suppose with absolute banging form and us shaky, having now lost four of our last seven games. But we need to sort ourselves out and start playing for ninety minutes if we want promotion. Yeah, record blue apps says we were poor today, very poor. We had chances, but none of them ever really felt clear cut. Think we will struggle if those injured today remain out for a long time. This is the end though for George, I'm sure. Yeah, one Adam Conway said dreadful. Players dropping like flies. Lee clearly not as not fit as he can't play for more than 60 minutes and only two signed. Fancy getting to work and bringing a few in this week, Link. Yeah, so like father, like Sunday with <laughs> Nigel's email and Adam's tweet at underscore Connor Perry says the O's need to find some form. We do not want to be in a scrappy playoff scenario come the end of the season. My new fear is Solihull going to win the league and we end up in a playoff with Salford, which is where I do not want to be. I don't want to be in the playoffs at all. The nightmare scenario is you face Salford. Imagine. Don't want that one. Don't want the playoffs it's at not all. not how I want this season <laughs> to end either. King Laurie 7 said, we're riding our luck here. At some point, one of the other teams is going to take advantage uh, of all the points we're dropping. Sorry, a tweet just came in then. It, over, it overran with the bit I was reading. Yeah, yeah. Daniel underscore D44 says, I know we're still top, but there is plenty to be worried about. It's a cliche I hate to use, but I really thought Epsfleet wanted it more than us. We started too slowly and we don't look like scoring. Of the starting 11, only happy Widowson and Josh looked good. So that's quite concerning. Only three out of 11 players. You can't get away with that. You can't get away with that. No mention for Dean Brill. No. 
Interesting. Eastside Orient said, I agree it wasn't a good day at the office, but we had two off the line. Mr. Sitter, with Happy and their goalkeeper, made two fantastic saves. He was named their man of the match, and one and the one from Bonn in the first half was a game-changer, onwards and upwards. Yeah, so it's not, again, like we've said before, it's not like we haven't created anything and we're sitting here going, we've not tested their keeper with us 2-0. Their keeper has got man in the match, two off the line, one hits the post. What else are you going to do? It's a bit unlucky, isn't it? A hashtag Luke Lane says we miss Joby's creativity and Clay's dynamism. Unlucky with some of those chances. Feels like since being top, maybe, the pressure is starting to get to some players and other teams are raising their games, perhaps chasing in second give them the rocket they need good yeah. point Orient Ballbag said wasn't that the game but going by the commentary yet another game that we have started slowly again slow out of the blocks this is happening far too often it needs to be nipped in the bud we need to get we need to start games better the next league game is a must win so you mentioned that about the slow starts in games yeah, yeah. it's not just you who's mentioned it like it's been mentioned mm. uh, on tweets Ed Jones 1976 it's Justin needs to revitalise these guys and quick. The injuries have come at an awful time, but we're still top and it is in our hands. Thought we never looked confident today. Maybe the pressure is starting to slow. So many words coming out, you know, confidence, pressure. pressure. Starting slow, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Les LK52 said, funny enough, I am not too despondent. Poor first half, but a different team in the second half and at least five guilt-edged chances. And I've always believed if you keep making chances, eventually they'll start going in. We need to play like that from, for 90 minutes. And also, Turley has to start. Yeah, good point. It'll be interesting, like we said, to see what happens next Saturday. Yeah. At run with GC. So we're having a rocky patch and need to get out of it fast. I think Justin did the right thing by sticking with a centre-back pairing who kept the clean sheet last week. But George wasn't at the races today. We were out for in midfield and Adams ran the show for them. Billy Herring 03 says, due to other results, it's not disastrous. However, we desperately need a couple of signings to bolster the squad and bring in fresh emphasis. I'd sign a central midfielder and a forward. Having three left-footers at the back seems unbalanced. Maybe Turley will start the next game. But we were sort of talking before. I'm pretty sure that Marvin and Josh both are both right-footers. No idea. I thought they're both right-footers, which means that Ling, Josh, and Marv are right-footed, and uh, and uh, Joe Riddison's the only left-footer. But then the other way around, if that is, if Josh and Marv are both left-footers, then we're still playing with three left-footers. Yeah. I don't see what the difference is. Yeah, no, don't know. No idea on that one. Big TB four seven says Dayton, McEnough, Coulson, Ekpeteta out injured, Clay just returning, not hundred percent fit, Judd suspended. That is our starting lineup. Any side would struggle with that misfortune. So let's keep faith with JE and the boys and our luck will return. PM31970 said, Injuries are crippling us. You can afford to change one or two players, but when you have half the team out, it doesn't help. We need to take our chances when they come along and we definitely need a creative midfielder and another forward. I mean, that, I hadn't read that tweet before I'd made my comment earlier, but yeah, it's that, interesting. That seems to be the general gist of what people are looking for. Another attacking midfielder. Or centre midfielder who can cut, yeah, cut, yeah. cut or open a defence and a forward. But I don't think with a forward, unless you get rid of Allaby or Harold. Because Dale's not done it for me and James Allaby hasn't done it enough. Yeah, but these players are under contract though. That's the thing, That's isn't the it? Problem. That's the problem. When they're under contract, you're not going to force someone to go from Leighton Orient to a, a lesser National League <laughs> team. 
Well, it's very unlikely you, you would mm. based on where it's you are. Take it's it difficult, well. yeah, really difficult. Only one team. So we got totally sucked into a long ball game today and paid the price. Outbattled for most of the game. When we did play football, we made chances but had no luck or poor finishing cost us. Overall, we never made them work enough and the game passed us by. Kid Sampson O said, six first team players missing through injuries, too much for us to handle. Happy and Brophy are good enough to step into Coulson and Dayton's shoes respectively, but the other four aren't. Edinburgh needs to come up with an effective plan B, sharpish. Or an underscore Vikings, there's no plan B and a lack of centre mid to win the ball and a forward who can back up Bonnie Karoma has been an issue all season, even when we were playing well. Need sorting or we are going to fall away. El Castaneto said, can't keep falling back on we're top after under-par performances for a month or so. Have a look at teams below now catching up. More work, less complacency needed now. Yeah, I am underscore MO. So loads of hysteria regarding our fifth defeat. But a reminder, Macclesfield won the league last season and lost eight. Tranmere finished second, losing 12. We're still on course and every team goes through a blip. Good tweet. Very good. That's extremely. Uh, that's a great perspective tweet. That Wilco 300 went on to say, do you think that our current injury problems are due to the players playing too many games? We pretty much kept the same side for the first half of the season and are now paying the price. Almost as though the players are now victims of their success. It could have something to do with it, but they were put through some really, really tough training in pre-season to help make sure that they are fitter and stronger and much better balanced so that they don't get as injured yeah obviously you'd argue now that that hasn't worked but you know we started the season off you know as we did thanks to the great pre-season that they have absolutely good question though good question a final word this week goes to Dave M1812 who says another bad day in forced change is not helping really miss Joby Need to take one of the few chances we are creating to kick us on. Must get out of the slump as a few teams have caught up. But the bright side, still top of the league. Don't panic. Absolutely. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we read out. And let us know what you think by tweeting us at Outlook or by emailing us Outlook at Outlook.com. Yeah, just before we move on though, the prediction uh, to the prediction league. There were no match day programs at Ebb's Fleet uh, yesterday, apparently due to a mix up uh, by Ebb's Fleet's printers. You so know what it was? They, they print, printed the they game. They printed the game beforehand. Again and delivered yeah. them, yeah. Late, and they delivered them late, so they couldn't make any, like, they didn't have a chance to react to it. So if they got their normal delivery, they would say that you've not done it right, can you do it again? But because they were so late, they didn't have a chance to, to say. No, these are wrong. Oh, someone's going to pay for that, aren't they? Sacked in the morning. So basically, Barry Twin got in touch with us to say that he's hoping to get some programmes from the game printed. It's online uh, at the moment, but there are obviously a select group of people that prefer to have a printed one for their collections or whatever. Um, So if there is enough interest... um, to try, you know, Barry will then approach the printer and see if we can get that, see if we can get that printed. So, uh, if you're interested in getting a program from yesterday's Ebb's Fleet game, can you message him either on Facebook? Just search Barry Twin. That's B A R R I T W I N, or at Barry Twin, spelled the same, all one word, uh, on Twitter. B A R R I T W I N. Yeah, so prediction league time. So well done to Scotch Egg eighty seven and Brooks Go two who correctly predicted a two nil loss. Unfortunately, which means the top of the prediction league uh, is led by Mark Shepherd underscore seventy nine on twenty six points, Barry Twin on twenty three points, and in joint third on twenty one points is Britline Devices, Pills the Doman, and Rob MCC sixty eight. And as always, 
a massive thank you for all of your predictions. Yep, so that is Ebbsfleet and yesterday uh, summed up. So now moving on to today, Sunday the 20th of January. Unfortunately, the ladies' game away at Cambridge United, ladies, was cancelled due to a frozen pitch and the fixture's going to be rearranged in due course. Yes. So let's wrap this up then. Let's do it, my friends. A fantasy football update, the one I've been waiting for. James Petrell leads the Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy League on 1,420 points, that's a fair number Doing of points well. there. Yeah. Sam Massingham in second place on 14.02 points. Amazingly, me and you are tied on 12.69 points in 37th and 34th place, respectfully, out of 195 players. However, I have got seven points out of today. Yeah. So when the table updates again, I move back above my fellow South Stand chum. It's all right. And take the reins back that's and right. lead the Iron Outlook podcast forward. Until we meet again next Absolutely. week. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm happy with that. So we'll move on then to Dream Team. I Rockenback is now leading the Orient Dream Team on 1,391 points. You're 10, pa- 10 points sorry, ahead of second place Julian Lillington, uh, who was top last week. Steve, you're in 18th place. I've dropped to 33rd, I think, out of 112. Yeah. I thought I was 28th last week, but yeah. All to play for, so positives and negatives of the week. So still three positives uh, on the back of that. So first of all, come on. Still top of the league. You yeah. can't be any better at the top of the league, which is where we are. So that is the, the major positive. Secondly, Craig Clay back in the squad. We've missed him. He's back. I would expect him to start next Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I would expect him to start. And lastly, the away support. Massive numbers again. 46% of yesterday's attendance at Ebbsfleet. So I was doing my maths. It was late on Orient fans. I was doing my maths, and that is roughly it's 120. About it's about 1,380. Yeah, so amazing. Roughly speaking. Amazing. Great support. Regardless of where you're going with that, even if it is a 10-minute train from Stratford, it's still superb away support. Yeah. So massive positives there to take. Yeah, so negatives. We had obviously quite a few more than the positives. Obviously losing to Ebbsfleet uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, our recent record of losing four of the last seven games... Uh, goal difference has taken a bit of a hammering. Um, you know, we've conceded five goals this month and only replied with one. So I got, against Dagenham and Redbridge. My so goal difference was miles ahead. I think it peaked at plus 32. It's now plus 27. It's still the best in the division, but I think Salford are, have caught up a bit plus 25 now. So there's only two goals in it. Yeah. So from being in a position of where we were miles out, Straight, it's now yeah. you know, a route for Salford against someone could mean that essentially have a better goal difference but likewise a route for us against someone will will help push that ahead as well and finally obviously the injuries that have piled up and Joby, Josh uh, Marvin Ekpeteta and and James Dayton as well so yeah still lots to be positive about but not without its uh, points to consider in the negative uh, area so we move on now to Hero of the Week yeah so normally yeah normally it's the Heroes this week so normally we do on pure footballing basis it doesn't feel right to give it out to a team who lost 2-0 yesterday and Justin's already had it in the last month we've given it to the away fans in the last month so we're coming at it from a different perspective this week and heroes of the week but heroes all season really I think yeah not unsung heroes because they're rightly recognised for the work that they do and it doesn't go unnoticed and ultimately um, it's something that we read out every week and we're very proud that they provide us with the update so this week's uh, heroes of the week are the Leighton Orient Trust so well done well done, everyone. Guys and gals of the Leighton Orient Trust, you win our Heroes of the Week. Keep up the outstanding work in sending us your updates. So next week's fixtures, just the one for the O's coming up as we welcome Maidstone United to the Bray Group Stadium on Saturday, the 26th of January. So Maidstone, 23rd in the league. They lost 3-0 at home 
to Dagenham and Redbridge yesterday. They're now six points from safety. And this is a game you're looking at on paper going, we should win this. It's the perfect game really in response to that defeat. You're playing a team who looks certain, probably, uh, for relegation. Crowd will be behind us. Hopefully Clay's back. You've got the two owners there. They'll be training hard all week to put right the defeat yesterday. That is so a we should be looking. Has anything to say about that? I think he's injured, mate. Is he? I don't think he's fit. Uh, okay. I think he had an off. Um, anyway, I might be wrong. I don't think I don't think he'll be playing. So if you see us around the stadium or in Southdown, come over and say hello. And why not even give us an oi oi? <laughs> As people do. As people do. So to finish off the pod before we start recording, we dropped uh, our friend and late night chairman Nigel Travis a message and said if you wanted to say anything about next week's game or about anything, please send us a message to play on the pod. We were recording for about two minutes and a message did drop into our inbox. So here's a message recorded tonight from Nigel Travis. We have no idea what he's going to say. We're sure it's going to be um, brilliant. So here's what Nigel Travis uh, wants to say to us Orient fans. Hi everyone, it's Nigel Travis. Um, I and Kent Teague are quite excited to see everyone next weekend. Uh, we'll be over for a few days for a regular meeting. Um, I'm trying to come a little bit more often this year after my retirement from CEO at Duncan, although I have several board responsibilities in addition to Duncan as well. Anyway, back to Leighton Orient. Um, The good news is we're still top. um, And obviously we've gone through a couple of games that we've got results that are less than we wanted. I have to say I expected yesterday to be a difficult game and when I look back at the game, yep, we let two goals in but we could have easily have equalised with balls kicked off the line, we hit the post once, um, etc. So we move forward, we've got obviously a number of games coming in the next few weeks um, in fact two home games one in the trophy but most importantly the game next week against Maidstone I'm looking forward to that game uh, I was unfortunately at the game against Maidstone when we lost in the FA Cup so looking for revenge next week so um, I, I really think given our recent uh, form which is less than what we saw earlier in the year the injuries we've had, this is an important game, so I encourage everyone to turn up, uh, make a lot of noise, uh, get the lads back going in the right direction, as I'm sure they will. Um, we obviously have a lot of confidence in the work being done by the coaching staff, headed by Justin. Justin, obviously, uh, de- we're delighted he signed his new contract. And in fact, we're out at a restaurant with him later this week to celebrate that new contract. So look forward to seeing everyone. Be as loud as you can next Saturday, and uh, I'll see you. Thank you. Bye. So that was a message there from Leighton Orient Chairman Nigel Travis. So a massive thank you to Nigel for giving us yeah. that message on such short notice. Like he says, Maidstone, mm-hmm. you know, big game. We need to get behind the boys, support them. If we win that, we'll be top of the National League going in 
to the following weekend in the trophy. So yeah, thank you, Nigel. Appreciate that massively. So that's it. Yeah, that thank you it. for joining us for episode one six eight. So another week passes at the O's with the news that Marmanek Pateta will be out for a few weeks, which was followed up with the encouraging signing of Jamie Turley until the end of the season. And on the pitch, the O's fell to a disappointing 2-0 defeat to Ebsfleet. And although we're still top of the league, the team's current form is starting to worry more than a few fans. But as always, we back Justin and the boys and look ahead to a home match against Maidstone, where, as already said, let's get behind and support them. And hopefully this time next week, we're talking about a win in episode 169 next week. And maybe we'll have a guest or two on that one, which will, of course, have all the information and views that you could ever need. Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a review. We'd really appreciate that. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites. And that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on Spotify, so listening to the podcast has been made even easier for you. And if you've got a relative or friend who uh, isn't able to, to listen, if you could help them out, pass the pod uh, on to them, that would be very much appreciated as well. And we still have a very, very, very uh, limited amount of mugs left now. Um, we can hand deliver to them, them to you at home games and save you the three quid postage. Um, they're five quid each. Uh, make, uh, make your cupboard. Uh, give them a home in your cupboard. Um, that would be great. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for listening. It's just over the hour mark, uh, so apologies for that. But uh, we appreciate um, all the interaction that we've had. We couldn't do this podcast without you, so thank you very much indeed. Never apologise for the length of the pod. Never. No, no, no. I said at the start we'd try and keep it under the hour, but we've just gone slightly over. Yeah, not a bad thing. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the o's